Hi friends, welcome back to The Unlikely Pastor Wife. I am Allison Moore, your host. I'm so glad that you are here with me today. Today we are going to be tackling the tough topic of diet culture. We're gonna talk about what it is, how you can spot it, and how you can combat it in your own life. Let's go. Hey friends, welcome. I'm so glad that you're joining me today for this episode. I need to turn the dings off on my my computer here so no one hears it in the background. Um, it's just me today. Just me, friends. No co-host, just little old lonesome me. I hope that's okay. I hope you've been enjoying the episodes that we have put out so far. Um, it's nice to have a co-host, but sometimes it's just nice to sit in your own thoughts and jot some things down. And this is an episode that I've been thinking about doing for, oh, for a while and I've written notes out, deleted notes, I've recorded it, I've re-recorded it, I've deleted it. I mean, this this podcasting thing is such a journey for me. So I'm glad you guys are all still with me. And I hope again that today, you know, we can have a conversation about um, what diet culture is, how we can spot it, and how really we can learn to combat it in our own lives because it can be very toxic to ourselves. And so when this episode airs, it's going to be February. And um, the allure of the or the seduction, I guess I should say, of losing weight in in the new year has kind of worn off. Most people they have a New Year's resolution, and by now they've given up. I mean, statistics show that by now people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. And a part of me is like good, <laughs> but a part of me just wants to tell you that you're not a, you're not a failure. You're not a failure. If if you are sitting in that boat and you're thinking right now, that's me, Allison, that's me. I ha- I set out in January to lose weight or to get fit or whatever, and I've already given up. Like, listen, it's okay because this is the thing. If diets worked, it would have worked like the first or maybe second time that you did them. The first or second time you you did a New Year's resolution, um, it would have worked for you. It would have worked by now, but they don't work. No matter what label you put on them, it, it doesn't, they don't work. And the diet industry is a $73 billion industry and they don't want you to succeed in my opinion. In my opinion, they want the failure rate to be really high because then you're going to go over, you're going to do it over and over and over again. If you succeed, the diet industry grows, goes broke. Or if you happen to lose weight, you're encouraged to keep using the app or the the supplements or whatever it is that you used to lose weight to begin with. And so if diets worked, you wouldn't have to keep going back to them. So there's a falsehood that is sold to people that your worth, your happiness, your health is all connected to your weight. And again, a lot of us have been on that roller coaster of every New Year's going to lose weight. And then by February or March comes around, you're like, well, Oh, that sucks. I failed again. But you know what? You're not a failure. So I'm just here to like release that guilt from you and that you are not a failure. It's the system that has failed you. Okay. And the whole personal responsibility thing, I'm not even going to get into that because I know there might be people listening to this. They're like, well, you got to take personal responsibility. I, I'm, I actually am in this. I am in, in, in this podcast. I'm going to take personal responsibility and say that, um, when you lose weight, you're more likely to gain it back. And there's a variety of reasons for that, that studies show us. And I could do a whole podcast on that, but I'm not going to. So, um, you know, they, they want to tell you that if you're happy with your body size, you, you're going to, you're going to be happy and healthy and living your best life possible. We've been programmed to think all of our life that we need to be a certain body size or look a certain way. And 
in full transparency, that started in my life when I was 10 years old. I got a Judy Bloom diary and I have it out in my garage in a memory box that my mom collected stuff for me for years, like my whole life. And every, every now and then I'll go out there and I'll look at stuff and I always come across this diary and I go through it and it makes me so sad because throughout that whole journal or that whole diary, it's a whole year long thing. I say over and over again how I'm going to exercise. I need to lose weight. That the biggest problem I have is my weight. I am 10 years old, you guys. I haven't even hit puberty. Why at 10 years old did I think that? It's because of society. It's because I remember back in the 80s when I, growing up, it was Slim Fast. It was Weight Watchers. It was, um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of the things my mom did growing up. Um, but if you grew up in the eighties and nineties, you know what it was. At one point it was fat free everything. I remember I would count my fat grams. Um, I've had disordered eating my whole life. So that's probably something I need to actually get counseling for. When I say disordered eating, I don't mean binge eating. I mean, um, I would count my fat grams and I remember my friend and I would have challenges like, okay, who's, who can eat the least amount of fat grams per day? And I remember I won one day because I had three grams of fat all day. Like this is what, that was in high school. I was probably like 15 or 16. So there is, there is a societal pressure on us, especially women, but there is men too, to look a certain way. And if not, you should be dissatisfied with the way you look and you should be always trying to be in a smaller body. All right. And at 42, almost 43 years old, I've kind of had an aha moment of why am I trying to spend my whole life shrinking myself? Why? I do not want to go to my deathbed, hopefully after I've lived a very long and fulfilling life, to look back and think that I spent my whole life trying to be in a smaller body, trying to lose weight, trying to do whatever it was to be quote unquote healthier. It's not a way to live. It's really not a way to live. And so I want to encourage you that, you know, if you are restricting your eating in any way, that's a diet, you know, unless your body can't handle certain foods. Like I'm not talking about like gluten sensitivities or allergies, other, you know, anything like that. If you're restricting your eating in any way, it's a diet. Otherwise, you know, if you can put lipstick on a pig, you can call it whatever you want. It's still a pig. So I know there's apps and there's calorie counting and there's all these things, but if you are restricting your eating, it's a diet. And diet culture thrives, you guys, thrives on body shame. The way you look physically is tied to success, thriving financially and in relationships. And it's a lie. It's a lie to usually sell you something like a lifestyle, freedom, finances, happiness, etc. Like, oh, if you're living in a smaller body, you're going to be more successful. You're going to be happier. You're going to be, have more freedom. And it's a garbage lie. And I know I have seen people that will share their journeys of like lowering their body fat percentage and post it a lot. And that's great. If they're on a, you know, a, a trajectory of trying to get as low as possible with their body fat percentage, like, good for them absolutely good for them. Um, but the problem is with that, and this is what I've seen happen is that our kids start picking up on it. I know I saw somebody one time say that their kid, their kids said, I'm so glad we don't have a fat dad. And I thought, what the heck? 
I, I don't think I would ever want to say that out loud <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> but the fact that your kids are now picking up on your, uh, I don't want to say judgment, but maybe it is judgment of other people labeling people fat, labeling people skinny, labeling people healthy or not healthy by looking at them. That is a problem. That is a massive, massive problem. Who teaches their kids to look at people like that? I hope my kids never come to me and be like, I'm so glad that I don't have a fat mom or I'm so glad that I I can't even like say it out loud because it's so grotesque to me, honestly. And we can go both ways with it, obviously. I mean, we want to have kids that, you know, fuel their bodies well and are outside playing and and have a very well-rounded life. But I also don't ever want my kids to look at people and judge them based on what they look like. And um, I feel like diet culture kind of thrives on body shaming people and it's trickling down through the generations. I will, I've seen people shame others. I saw someone one time say, guys, if you're wearing a shirt in the pool, you aren't fooling anyone. We know why. And I thought, are you kidding me right now? That is the foulest, most vile thing you could ever say. It's all about, it's so body shaming to somebody. It's none of your freaking business. Why someone is wearing a shirt in the pool. Maybe they have psoriasis. My son has psoriasis. No, he has eczema. And so he has some like flaky patches on his skin. He especially gets it in the winter. And, you know, sometimes he just wants to wear a shirt in the pool. It's not because he's fat or it could be for men too or women. Maybe they, you know, maybe they have a skin issue they don't want. Maybe they don't want to get sunburned and that's why they're wearing a shirt in the pool. But to say you're not fooling anybody and it's because they, you think that they are overweight and you're labeling them and then calling them out. Who are you to do that? It's very gross and it's very, it's a very distorted way to live that you're morally superior because you aren't overweight. It's blows my mind that people think like this. I read a book last year and it was called Breaking Free from Body Shame and it's by Jess Conley. And man, I would love to have her on the podcast someday. If you happen to hear this, Jess, um, hit me up. Um, Hit me up on Instagram. It's in my bio. It's in the description of the video. Um, But that book radically changed the way I thought about myself. Now, it's a daily, you know, it's a daily contending we want to use that word. Okay. Um, it's a daily battle to wake up in the morning. And I think everybody feels that like way we all wake up and we maybe don't feel great about ourselves. Maybe, maybe our hair looks crazy. Maybe we just can't find the right clothes or whatever. Um, but breaking free from body shame just hit the nail on the head for me. And I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, it's geared really towards women. Um, but if you're a woman who struggles with body, just just the shame and, and how you look, I would highly suggest reading it. So uh, it was a game changer for me. And I remember somebody asking me one time, the first thing they asked me, the first words out of their mouth were, tell me about this body positivity book you're reading. In a very like, I don't want to say judgmental way, but it was like, I... I was learning to love who I am and what I look like 
Um, I've always been a confident person. I've always been confident, you know, but I think we all have like an Achilles heel and, um, you know, it's different for everybody. And so I started reading this book and I put it out there on Facebook and this person was a little judgmental in me reading that. And I immediately went on the defense because I thought, why would you not want someone to be body positive? Well, I could tell you why I'm not going to, but I could tell you why they don't want that. But for me, that was such a, I had such a breakthrough reading that book. And again, it's a daily battle. We're all contending, aren't we? Um, Let's overuse that word. Actually, let's never use that word again, actually. Let's just strike that from our vocabulary forever and always. (laughs) Um, Let's talk a little bit about what diet culture is. So it's really a value system that prioritizes body weight, shape, and size over all things. Um, body weight is attached to health and well-being and you're going to be successful if you look this way or if your body fat percentage is under 10% or whatever, whatever it is. Thin bodies are the most valuable bodies. The focus is always external. I want you to think a little bit about body types and how the ideal body type has, is always changing. So think about this 10 years ago, what was the valued body? Like what was the most seen body type? It was the Kardashians, right? Big butt, big boobs. And now all of a sudden, 10 years later, all the Kardashians have lost their butts. I don't know if they had them removed or what. Okay. Um, But now they're going back to like the 90s waif look, the super skinny Kate Moss look of the 90s. First of all, I'm rebuking that right now and saying we're not going back to the 90s. If you were a teenager in the 90s, okay, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know exactly. I have a picture uh, in my mind of Lindsay Lohan and Nicole Richie. It's a picture of a, pa- a paparazzi got them, paparazzo. And you, if you are, are in the 90s and you paid attention to pop culture, you know exactly what the picture I'm talking about. So thin. The Olsen twins. So thin. Um, And it's like we're going back to that. And again, I rebuke that. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We are not going back to that, folks, okay? But think back to the 80s. It was athletic supermodel. Then go back to like the 60s and 70s. Do you guys remember Twiggy, the model? Like her body type was the, the, the tomboy look. Go back to like the 40s and 50s. The Marilyn Monroe curvy is back. Then you go back to the 20s and it's like the skinny flapper look. I mean, it it just is ever changing. I do not want to constantly try to change my body to fit in with what society says is valuable. Nope, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. I'm not. So how can you spot diet culture? Okay, so I kind of touched a little bit on what diet culture is. Let's talk about how to spot it in um, our society, in our daily life. Uh, cause if you can't spot it, you can't call it out. So foods are labeled as good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. Eating can turn into a shame because of mantras. Like every bite you take is either fighting disease or feeding it. Um, no, it's not food is food. Like, can we stop demonizing certain things? Like we have got to stop doing that. Mantras like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Kate Moss said that. I don't know. Have you had cheesecake? Kate Moss. Because cheesecake is pretty good. It's pretty good. But these mantras, you guys, they are feeding into diet culture. Do you remember this? I, I remember this saying a lot in the 90s. This is dating me so much. But 
A moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. What garbage is that? We have demonized food and have attached it to fear that if we eat something, we're going to gain weight. In my disordered eating, I remember we would get pizza for my family and I would always order a salad, but I would eat like a little bite of the pizza and then I'd eat my salad because I was like, oh, I can't, I can't eat pizza. It's going to make me fat. Okay. No, you can have one slice or even two slices. Heck, if you want three slices, go for it. Okay. It's all about balance. It's all about not, not feeling shame in the food that you're eating, but diet culture wants us to feel shame. They want us to even think that we have to earn our food. I saw a graphic floating around around Halloween of, it was pictures of different types of candy. And then it was the certain types of exercise and how long you'd have to do that exercise in order to burn off that certain Halloween candy. No, thank you. No, thank you. I am, I am unsubscribing from that thought process and that thinking right now. Boop, unsubscribe. I encourage you to unsubscribe from that garbage too. You do not have to earn your food, all right? You do not have to earn your, earn your food at all. We even, we've got to stop thinking that if we eat a cheeseburger, first of all, you're not going to be able to even run that cheeseburger off. So who gives a flip, right? Who gives a flippity flip? Enjoy your cheeseburger. Move on with your life. You don't have to go work work it off in the gym, all right? That thinking, we have to put a stop to that thinking in our own minds. The, the whole thing of combating diet culture, you guys, it starts between your ears. It starts in your mind of when you have these thoughts come up, you don't dwell on them. You stop them in their tracks. You say, no, I'm not thinking that. And it's, again, it's a daily thing because there's, we are so ingrained. This, this stuff is so ingrained in us, you guys. It's so ingrained in our culture that it's so easy to let these thoughts just, you know, come in and out throughout the day. But you've got to learn how to grab those thoughts and throw them away. And you, it, you're going to have to do it a lot. The thoughts are going to come in and you've got to stop it in its tracks before you start thinking about it and dwelling on it. That's going to help you get out of diet culture mindset. It really is. You know, in diet culture, weight and size are equated with health. And really, that is a lie because health is nuanced. And you cannot immediately look at someone and determine their health based on their weight. Health is beyond physical. It's mental, physical, emotional. It's spiritual. You can look at somebody who is the epitome of, of health. But you know what? They could be struggling with mental, mental illness and mental sickness. And need a lot of help. I would not say that person's healthy. Yeah, yeah, they could bench a bajillion pounds. I don't give a crap. If your mental health isn't good, your physical health doesn't matter, in my opinion. So we've got to stop thinking that weight and size are equated with health. I went and had my blood work done, and um, my blood work is near perfect. But I know people would look at me and be like, oh, she has some weight to lose. Yeah, I do. Mind your business. Mind your business. My lab work came back near perfect. I have um, a pituitary tumor, not weight related. Actually, it makes you gain weight, but I won't get into that. Um, I, um, but everything else was practically perfect. There's a couple little tiny things, but nothing. No one has perfect labs and perfect health every time they go in. But my my doctor was like, "Yeah, Allison, you're you're a healthy person." I was like, "Well, thank you. I appreciate that." So, um. 
we got to just stop looking at people and immediately thinking they're unhealthy. We don't even know. We don't know that we haven't seen their doctor's charts. And frankly, it's none of our flipping business. It's none of our business. Um, diet culture praises people for weight loss and whispers about weight gain. I have actually purposed it in my heart to stop commenting on people's bodies. If people lose weight, I do not mention it anymore. Cause I know that when I had lost a bunch of weight, people were like, Oh, you look so good. Have you lost weight? You know what that tells the person that you're saying that to? Did I not look good before I lost weight? Like, I know that's a compliment and thank you. But you know what that does? That makes me think I have to continue living in the depriving and scarcity to maintain my body the way my body looks so that I can look good in the eyes of other people. It's a really distorted way of... um, I would say complimenting people. I have just purposed it in my heart. I'm not doing it anymore because I had someone call me out once and this was several years ago and she messaged me. And if you're listening to this, you know who you are because we've, we talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago and I told you I was going to use your example on the podcast, but she messaged me and she said that people had been commenting on her um, weight loss. And she goes, Allison, people don't realize I'm dealing with something right now that's causing me to lose weight. And it's, I'm going through like a sickness in my body and people are like, Oh, you look so good. And it, she would go home and cry. She would go home and cry because people were commenting about her weight loss and she wasn't trying to lose weight. She, she was sick. Something was going on physically in her body. And we do not think about that all the time. We don't think even like when people gain weight, like what's going on in their life. Maybe they're stressed out of their mind and they're having a hard time with that. Maybe their cortisol levels are through the roof. Maybe they have a sick child at home. Maybe they are on um, a steroid for something that's going on in their body that's causing them, you know, and now they're gaining weight because of a medication they're on. Maybe people are losing weight because they're sick because something's going on negatively in their body. I would not say that person's healthy just because they're losing weight. Oh, you look so good, girl. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe you don't know what's going on in my life that I am like so stressed out. I don't want to eat. That is not healthy. So we've got to stop looking at people and saying, oh, that person, they've got 20 extra pounds. They're not healthy. That person could really lose some weight, you know, or, oh, that person gained weight. You don't know what the flip has been going on. I'm saying flip a lot in this. I apologize. Um, (laughs) I guess I could say other words, but I won't. Um, We've got to stop praising people for weight loss and then whispering about people's weight gain. We do not know what is going on in their life that's causing one or the other. So I think collectively we should all come together as society and just say, I'm not going to comment on if someone is lost weight. I'm not going to say that. I will say, I love your outfit. Your hair looks so pretty. Oh, did you try new lip gloss or something? Um, I'm not going to comment on their body either way. And I'm not going to whisper if they've gained weight because I don't know what's going on in their life. I have no idea. And it's none of my business. And we got to talk, we got to, we got to stop thinking we're morally superior if we think we're in like the best shape of our life. That doesn't mean you can put on the judgment glasses and start pointing your fingers at everybody else and being judgmental. So let's just all decide we're not doing that, okay? Okay. So let me give you some practical things um, to take away from this today. How can you combat diet culture? Reject the diet culture mentality. Just reject it completely. Leave behind dieting. Throw your food scale away. Stop putting weight loss on a pedestal and revolving your life around it. 
again, I do not want to go to my grave. Hopefully after, again, like I've lived a long life and think I spent my whole life trying to shrink my body. No, thank you. I will not do that. I'm not going to revolve my life around it. I encourage you to fight diet talk. If you have friends who are constantly telling you they're going on a diet or they're not eating this or they're not eating that, like just change the subject, walk away. Do not be in spaces where they're constantly talking about it. That's going to help you in your own mind fight those thoughts and to combat it. And if we all stop pouring into and like feeding diet talk, it's going to stop eventually. But we again have to collectively come together and say we're not doing it anymore. Um, The second thing, you know, watch the language you use. Do you moralize food as good or bad? Um, We, in our house, we, um, I keep pretty healthy food around the house. Um, We do have a drawer of Girl Scout cookies, but you know, what's really funny. We like, we've had them for like a couple weeks now and you know, we'll have like one or two and we're good. And, but we don't say like, oh, how many cookies have you had? You can't have any more. Like we don't say cookies are good or bad. You know what I mean? Like there is no, there's no food that's off limits in our home. Um, so, Cause I don't want my kids to think, oh, that food's good. That food's bad. No, just do everything in moderation. You don't need to eat a whole cheese pizza. Have two slices. You're good. You know, so we got to stop moralizing certain foods and labeling them as, oh, this is good food and this is bad food. No, it's just food. It's just food. We got to stop shaming people for their foods, their food choices. Again, take the judgment glasses off. It's none of your business. Stop focusing on bodies and what size people are. That is so huge. Just to stop, take off the glasses, completely change your mentality about that. But more importantly, how are you speaking about yourself and others around your kids? Going back to that example of someone I had heard say that their kids, what was it? They were, they were somewhere and their kids were like, oh, there's a lot of unhealthy people around. And I'm like, what? Why, why is your child saying that about other people? Why, why are, why are our kids thinking that they can judge other people by the way they look? We wouldn't judge someone by the color of their skin or anything like that. Why are we basing them on their weight? Again, we don't know what's going on in their life. So let's stop. Let's also speak life about people and about ourselves around our children. This is something that we talked about in our um, Opposites Attract um, podcast with my husband, Ryan. He said the one thing he would change about me is that the way I speak about myself and that was like a gut check because I know that is something I struggle with. I, I walked out in an outfit the other day and I was like, oh, I'm just not, uh, you know, I was like saying something and I caught myself and I was like, oh, that's what you meant, huh? He's like, yes, that's what I meant. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to talk like that. But I caught myself because I, I have a 16 year old daughter. I want her to look at herself and love who she is and not pick her body apart you know, how we raise our kids. And this is, I've already told my mom that she's going to be an example on this podcast. So mom, if you're listening, this is what I warned you about, but I watched my mom diet my whole life. I mean, she's, I'm not gonna say how old she is. Cause that would be very rude of me, <laughs> but I told her, I said, you know, you're, I'm going to talk about you on my podcast because I watched you diet. And she's like, I did? I was like, yeah. And I started naming all the things. She's like, you know what? I did. I was like, mom, even like 10 years ago or maybe eight years ago, maybe less than that, maybe five, 
you were counting your calories. I'm like, why? You're, you've spent your whole life trying to shrink your body. You know, and I watched that and I don't want that for my kids. And I, and my mom can't go back now and I'm not shaming her in that, but we did have a conversation about it. And I've just learned from that, that I want to break that. I don't want to, um, I don't want my kids to grow up thinking they have to shrink their bodies. I mean, my son is 10. He walked out into our bedroom again, 10. Do you guys remember my story about being 10? Um, he walked out and he was like, am I fat? And I was like, what? So like, yeah, I was sitting on the toilet and I pushed my stomach. I think I'm fat. And I'm like, absolutely not. You are so far from fat. We're not going to say that about ourselves. I said, you're perfect in absolutely every way. And his countenance changed from like, I think I'm fat to I am. I'm good. I'm good. And he jumped into bed with me and we watched a show together. I'm breaking that curse in my family's life. And going back to my mom, when I was talking to my mom, she was telling me about how her mom and her, when she was a teenager, were eating these chocolate. Oh, they were called, you guys listen to this. They were called AIDS. I am not kidding you. A-I-D-S. Obviously, this is before the disease of AIDS. And I'm not laughing at the disease of AIDS. Please hear me. But the fact that now we can look back and be like, what were they thinking? It was like to aid you in weight loss. And my mom said that her and her mom would take those to lose weight. Again, this is, this can become a generational thing and I'm trying to break that curse. So I've spent a lot of time on this point, but how you speak about yourself, how you speak about others around your kids, are you breaking the curse? If it's been that in your family, I'm trying to do that in my life. So I'm going to move on from that. Um, the third thing is I would learn how to eat intuitively. And this is something I am, I've been researching. I've been working on the past, like probably six months. I'm not an expert in eating intuitively. I have nothing to say about it, except I thought it was fascinating to learn a new way to eat. That means you aren't stipulated by rules. Cause think about it. A lot of us have grown up where like there are, there are food rules. Everything has a rule, you know, don't drink your calories. Oh, who cares? Like, seriously, have the, have the mocha if you want it, you know, have it. Um, but eating intuitively doesn't mean like you just gorge out on food. It's really learning to listen to your body so that you can um, understand your hunger and fullness cues. And so it's something I'm, I'm learning how to do and I'm, I've been researching more. So again, I'm not going to speak out on this because I'm not an expert, expert, but I would encourage you if it's something you're interested in, there are a lot of podcasts, a lot of dietitians, a lot of doctors talking about eating intuitively and it's actually really fascinating. So, um, the next one, nurture your relationship with exercise and nutrition, stop being driven by obsession and perfectionism, you know, um, I can't have, I can only have 1200 calories. Oh no, I had 1201 you know, or, oh, I didn't get my, my 10,000 steps in. So I'm going to run around my house for a half hour trying to get my steps in. That's a little disordered in my opinion. Um, I've been there and that's why I'm laughing about it. Uh, prioritize food and movement that makes you feel good. Not by how many calories you're get you're are in something, or again, having to hit a step goal, or I know I can be really stringent on working out. Like if I don't go five days a week, I, it's like an all or nothing mentality, you know, and I struggle with that. And it's something I've always struggled with. Um, but you got to learn how to nurture that relationship so that it's not obsessive either way. And then the last thing is, you know, build a community around you that falls in line with your values. 
unfollow people and accounts who are steeped in diet culture mentality and diet culture things and who put health as a virtue. Um, I have unfollowed so many people and over the last probably six ish months, um, that it their it's their whole identity. It, their whole identity is just weight loss. And I was like, I don't want to see that. It's really, again, I feel in my opinion, it's disordered and, um, I don't like it. And so I have unfollowed people and then I've started following people who, um, are inspirational to me, people who look like me, who um, are living a well-rounded, healthy life and are not um, super obsessed with it. And um, that's been really healing for me. And I've, I've really, that's helped me tremendously. Um, you know, maybe you're, you need to find online groups or groups in person that are size inclusive and that represent body diversity. But if, you know, we're, social media is so, such a part of our daily lives that if all you're seeing is this constant bombardment of diet culture, it's just gonna, it's gonna make you think that you need to change yourself. And I would encourage you unfollow, just unfollow, 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 like go on an unfollowing spree. It's actually, it feels really good. It feels so good. Like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. So you guys, that's, that's it for today. That's just something that's been on my heart and my mind and something I've been working on. And especially the last year of just reframing what I think about myself, how I want to break the chains of diet culture, um, in my friend circles and in my family and learning to love who you are and being a well-rounded person, not being obsessed with your body, body image, um, but looking in the mirror and seeing myself as God sees me. And again, that book, Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Conley, I, um, I can't recommend it enough. It was it was very influential for me. So um, with that being said, I do want to say this at the end, and I probably should have said this before, but some of this I've gotten from um, my inf- information today when I was preparing for this, I got from girlsgonestrong.com. And I thought, man, they just, they've got it dialed in that website, um, you know, being a, being strong, not necessarily being thin or, you know, certain body fat percentage or a certain weight, but just being strong and what that, what that looks like. And so that was a very helpful resource to me as I was putting this podcast together. So thank you for joining me today. You guys take care of yourselves and we'll see you next time. Thank you guys for joining me today, talking about diet culture It really is a tough topic to talk about, and I'm no expert. It's just things I've learned, so I I appreciate you coming on today. You can always message me on my Instagram at the unlikely pastor wife. I'd also love for you to take a moment and leave a review of the show and subscribe. I am a bi-weekly to weekly podcast, so subscribing will help you not miss any of the fun we have over here and the topics that we're discussing. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.